0: because God wants to transform you from the inside out, leaving no part unchanged, no part excluded. God wants to set you apart through.
1: Hey, everyone. My name is Kelvin. Thanks so much for being here. I hope that you have had a fantastic Christmas and New Year. We are now in 22, ready to get the year going strong. On today's podcast, you're going to hear our first message from January 1st fell right on the Sabbath. And Pastor Michael's message is entitled Through and Through. I'd encourage you to listen to the entire thing because he bridged what we talked about in Righteousness by Heart into what we're going to start the year talking about this time. And the question we want you to think about as you listen to the message is, what do you hope for in 2022? Our hope for the new year is that you and Jesus do 2022 together. Here's Pastor Michael.
0: Happy new year, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to 2022, right? What an incredible worship service this morning. Thank you, praise team for leading us before the throne. It's January one, blank slate out in front of you. So welcome home. There's always room for one more. As so we begin today, I'm glad you're here in this space. I'm glad if you're watching online uh, that you've decided to spend the first few hours, well, you probably spent them already last night, but some more hours of the first day of the new year here with us, Elevate Young Adult Ministry or worship service here. Today, we're gonna be sticking in that text today. We're gonna be hovering within 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Because I think as we begin a new year, sometimes we have to look at the end to understand where to start, right? You go figure out what the result that you want and then work backwards from there. So in a way today, we're looking at the result and then working our way backwards to say, okay, how do we tackle January 2022? And 2022 can be a little nerve-wracking for us. I, my wife sent me this meme. When you find out that 2022 is pronounced 2022. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Right, right, right. Yeah, we're not wanting to go back two years ago, right? And the, the terror that, that year might have been. But we're hoping that this year will, will be a little bit better, right? My dad texted me yesterday and said, hey, happy new year. I hope this year is a little bit better. It's like, wow, was this past year that bad? It's like, well, it could always be better, Right. So where do we go? And we, we go to this text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 23-24. through 24. I want to read it again. We're going to say it so many times today, you're probably going to be sick of it. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. It's a marvelous, a fantastic text that we keep coming. We say it week in and week out. And the danger with doing that is that we leave this place not picking up what the blessing is all about. That's what we're gonna be looking at today. And by way of context, if we backed up just a, a few verses, if you got your Bibles, you can turn with me here. Uh, you can look at chapter four and chapter five of First Thessalonians. And Paul really lays out a fantastic template for New Year's resolutions. Here's what Paul's New Year's resolutions might be. If you, you might want to take notes if you haven't done this yet. So here's, here's what he said. It, it kind of in order, I don't have uh, references for you, but here's kind of the summary of what he says in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5 of, of how we can resolve ourselves to maybe be better people in 2022. He asked the Thessalonian community to hold a high sexual ethic. He asked the the Thessalonian community to hold a radical love for one another. He asked them to hold a high level of self-respect for life's necessities. In other words, don't mooch off of other people. He asked the Thessalonian community to hold a high regard and understanding for the return of Christ. That's central to the Thessalonians and that's central to us as Adventists. as As we've celebrated the first Advent just last week, and we look forward to the second advent or coming of Jesus very soon. And he asked the Thessalonians to hold a high respect for faith community leadership. And he asked the Thessalonians to hold a high reverence for God in rejoicing and praying without ceasing and in thanksgiving. What a marvelous list of New Year's resolutions, right? You got to check them all off, like, whew, 2022, I'm good to go. If we take and we look at this list, though, there's A lot of things on that list that will take a lot of work. That takes shifts in what we do. And Paul doesn't mince words like Gordon Ramsay likes to mince onions. No, 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 no. He lays out what practical spirituality looks like on the horizontal plane between me and you and other people in this world. And on the vertical axis of our relationship with God. And we can come away from the end of First Thessalonians and be like, great, fantastic, Paul, we got it. Here's our list of New Year's resolutions. Happy New Year to you as well, Paul. New Year, new me. Add it to the list, check it off. And you know maybe it's one of those that you give up by January 4. I don't know. That's the problem with resolve and with lists, right? We can grin and bear it for only a certain amount of time. We can white-knuckle our way through life and be like, okay, here's the list. I'm going to try to achieve these things this year, and we hold on for dear life. And at the end of the year, we look more ragged and broken than when we started. And didn't Jesus promise new life? Didn't he promise blessings and abundance and a way to live life that's different than the frenetic pace of the world. And these two verses that we're going to hover in this morning, Paul offers to us the key to transformation. I'm going to share with you a little bit of information from these texts in hopes that it will bring about a transformation for you. And it's in these two verses that we recite at the end of every worship service that we have here at Elevate. So we roll it back. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace. we have to pause right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes, Paul. Who are we talking about? It says, may the God of peace, this, this may is a, is a type of entreaty, it's a supplication, it's a, it's a blessing. May this be done to you. May God himself, the God of peace. And before we get to what the God of peace is doing, we have to understand who the God of peace is. He's the God of things as they should be. That true peace, that true sense, of, that true shalom the god of of all order and complete perfection the one who who orchestrated this world and put it together and f- invented physics so that this place could spin on its axis in the right rotation that we have 24-hour days and we're taken care of in all of our different needs that God the ones that bring the one that brings chaos into order the one that brings discontent and confusion into peace it's that God that paul is talking about wouldn't it be wonderful in the year 2022 that we would have access to the God of peace? Because there's a lot of upheaval in this world right now. And not only the world, maybe even our own lives. As we reflect on what has transpired in the previous year and look forward to what has there is some unknown. There's some chaos, there's some unanswered questions, and that God, the God of peace, the one that brings disorder and chaos into complete perfection, it's that God that Paul speaks of. God knows how to make things as they should be. It's that God that Paul refers to, that's the one. And what is this God going to do the God of peace, the one who's himself going to bring about a blessing. Well, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And we have to pause one more time because we skip over this verse all the time. It's like, fantastic, sanctification, I've got it. You know, we got to talk about this word for a moment though because it's tossed around in theological and ideological spheres. What's our understanding of sanctification? Are you sanctified? There's the progressive work of sanctification and it, it can get kind of hairy real quick. But I'd offer, to you, offer it to you in this simple way. I, I came to an understanding of this in one of my favorite classes in, in the seminary that I took talking about first century culture. And I would wager to you this morning or offer to you that we all go through the process of sanctification every week or at least somebody in your family does. And here's how I know why. In fact it's it's quite a religious experience that our community participates in every single week. You've practiced it for years, knowing or unknowing, right? Every single week, maybe I don't know, it's every couple of days, every two weeks, whatever it is for you, you practice sanctification while you're walking through the aisles of a grocery store. Have you ever been to a grocery store? Are you grocery stores you guys got those, right? You've been to those, okay? It was a little crazy about a year and a half ago when things were shutting down, we're buying up toilet paper and all that kind of stuff, right? Well, you walk through a grocery store and you have this thing called a a shopping cart, right? Now, as you borrow that shopping cart from the store, that cart becomes your domain. That is now your space. It's borrowed property, but it's your space. And as you go through the aisles of the grocery store, you say, oh, there's a, a little bag of rice. I'd love to put that in my cart. And you set that aside. And, oh, here's, a, here's a, a box of macaroni and cheese. We'll put that there. Some fresh vegetables, some, some, uh, some, some milk, some, uh, some paper towels, whatever it is. You put it inside of your cart. And as you're shopping, have you purchased those items yet? No. But are they yours? Yeah. Because you'd feel some sort of way if somebody just came by your cart and was like, oh, I was looking for those and didn't find them. Let me just take that out of your cart, right? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you would be like, I'll just go get another one, right? I'm not going to engage in that. Others are just like, no, we've got to have that for the Thanksgiving dinner, for the Christmas dinner. That's the process of sanctification, the setting aside of something for a particular purpose. And though you have not completely paid for it yet, what you have placed inside of your cart has been sanctified because it has been set apart. And that is what God wants to do for you. Sanctification is is very simple. It's not something to be worried about. Am I sanctified today? Am I saved? No, 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 God is in the process of setting you apart. And by the way, it's not just your, your pinky toe. It's not just your knee. It's not just your head. He wants to sanctify you through and through. It's a beautiful Greek word pronounced Holoteles. And John Stott defines it this way. Holotellus, what we translate through and through is a totality from which no part is excluded. It's the same concept when Peter uh, and Jesus are in the, the upper room and Jesus is watching feet and, and Jesus says, Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. He says, no, 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 I need the whole thing. And Jesus says, you are already cleansed. This is just a symbol of what's already been going on inside of you. That sanctification work that God wants to work in your life is a totality from which no part is excluded. There's nothing you get to leave on the shelf. There's no part where you say, 95% of me, God, is yours. I'm just gonna hang on to this little part over here because God wants to transform you from the inside out, leaving no part unchanged, no part excluded. God wants to set you apart Through and through. So you are completely different. You're completely transformed by God who loves you. And in case anyone was confused as Paul is writing this down or reading it, he takes it one step farther. He's like, I need you to fully understand what through and through means. And he continues on in verse 23. He says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some scholars will take this text and, and kind of pull it out of its context and be like, aha, we found Paul's theology of what makes up a living person. That's not what Paul is trying to do here. Paul's language of using, may your whole spirit, soul, and body, he's saying, your entire being. And he lists off those, those different areas, and we can think of our spirit as our, as our heart, maybe the seat of emotions or the place that you feel God the closest. Think of your soul as the the seat of consciousness where you think and have your being and your body which holds everything together. And all three parts of those are needed for us to be whole persons. And Paul says, God wants those parts, your whole being, your whole spirit, soul, and body to be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This whole, whole word that's translated here. John Stott defines it this way. It's the Greek word holokleros. Yeah, holokleros. It's a little hard one to wrap your mind around. Take that one home. You can practice it. You're like, I learned a Greek word today. This is the one that we translate whole. And it's an integrity in which each, each part has its due place and proportion. Not only does God want to sanctify you through and through so that your your whole self, your entire being is, but every single part that makes up who you are is in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. To where all of who you are is living harmoniously through the unceasing rhythms of grace of God. So that you are walking in the way of Jesus and you're walking in harmony, not in disharmony. I like how the SDA Bible Commentary puts it uh, in the volume covering these books of the Bible, page 256. It's volume uh, 7. The commentator says, True sanctification involves the whole being. It is not really possible to be partially sanctified in the sense of withholding certain areas of your life from being made holy. Every department of life must be submitted to the purifying power of God's Spirit. Every Last bit of it. So, this whole list that Paul has, has laid out high sex ethic, love, love, love your brother, love your neighbor, treat one another with fairness, so yeah, worship God, understand the like all of those things. It can look like a checklist, but what Paul is, is bringing forth to us is that the power in order to be able to do those things is found in the God of peace. The one who wants to work in, by, and through us to accomplish his good will, The one who is coming again. The one who wants to set us apart for that coming. To be held blameless so that when we stand up for God, there is no blame. Not because we've tried our hardest, but because we've accepted the one who has paid it all. Because when we stand before God, God says, did you know my son? And it's my prayer that our community and every single one of us that live and inhabit this world and have inhabited this world, that at that judgment day, when God says, did you know my son? We would be able to unequivocally say yes. And Jesus would would say, there is no question. That is my son. That is my daughter. That's my friend. That is my disciple. They've been with me all the way. And it's God himself the God of peace that gives you the power to be able to do that. It's 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. It's my prayer for this community as we head into a new year, that the old will be gone and the new come because we are in Jesus. Because you see, God's not after your behavior. God's not after the checklist. He's not like, man, did, did Semu like, do everything this week? Did you pray without ceasing this week? Come on, like, did you make it? That's not what God is after. What God is after is transformation. God wants to make you whole. It's so much more than, did I have too much sugar? Or did I mess around in this relationship? Or did I spend my money wise? No, 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 no. God wants to make you whole to experience true peace. He wants to heal you. He wants to transform you inside and out completely and unequivocally so you don't have to white knuckle it through life. But that your actions will come from a place of a heart that has been transformed. We spent the, the, the last quarter of last year walking through the Sermon on the Mount, learning about righteousness by heart, that righteousness happens here, and as our heart is transformed, it transforms the way that we see God and the way that we see others. And in the first part of this year, we're going to be exploring in the next couple weeks, under a new sermon series called Hope Has a Name, we're going to be exploring the intersection particularly to, between where our minds and the gospel interact. We're touching on mental health and how we can set ourselves up for success and wrestle through scripture with God what God wants for our minds because he wants to transform us wholly and completely and oftentimes that transforming process starts with decisions made here and everything else is the result 1 Thessalonians 5:24 the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. God does not call you necessarily to do anything. He simply calls you to be in his presence, to be a disciple of Jesus. God is calling you. He has a, a purpose for you, and it's beyond just the actions that you take. He has called you to be someone who then does something. So maybe if you're frustrated with life, Take a step back for a moment and ask God who he is calling you to be. Not necessarily what he is calling you to do. Like how the Reverend, do- uh, Reverend Dr. Pacquiam put it in a tweet earlier this week. He says, habits that we establish only to achieve a goal don't ultimately stick. Goals are setups for disappointment and discouragement. You've been there, right? Happy new year, whatever year it was. This is going to be the year. Okay, well, next year is going to be the year. Okay, well, maybe next year is going to be the year, right? And at best, they're temporary. Once you achieve a goal, you stop doing whatever got you there. He continues on. Next slide. For habits to stick, they need to be connected to a sense of identity. This is who I am. Pray about who God is calling you to be then participate in his work by establishing habits around that identity. And he gives some examples. Read because God is calling you to deeper study not because you want to hit a book count for the year. Eat differently because you want to become a healthy person not because you want to lose weight. And read the Bible because you want to know God not just because you want to finish it in a year. Whatever habit in your life that needs to be adjusted, run it through that process. Who is God calling you to be? What is your identity? Who are you in Jesus? And then run with reckless abandon towards that because that's how it's going to stick. That's how the sanctification process works. And we should be able to walk out today knowing 100% that the debt has been paid in Jesus. The blood that has been shed has covered your sins. Whatever you have done, whoever you are. And at the same time, knowing 100% that our salvation is sure, we should rest in the confidence that God is continually working out a transformation and a new heart inside of us. Day by day, you can look over your life and see how you have changed from when you were young to where you are now. You can see the transforming process of what the world wants you to be like and then compare that to what God wants you to be like. It's my prayer for this community as we go into 2022 that we will learn and grow as we experience the sanctification process of God on a daily basis. As we give ourselves wholly and completely over to God to work his transforming power within us. So what do you hope for in 2022? I hope that you and Jesus, me and Jesus, will do 2022 together. No more white knuckling of resolutions. I'm going to do all these things to become a better person. Why don't we spend some time being in the presence of Jesus, understanding where our identity comes from in him, and then doing the things that our identity then dictates from this day on god walks with you it's january 1 2022 acts of the apostles ellen white puts it this way page 54 the spirit of the almighty is moving upon people's hearts consecrated men and women, sanctified men and women may be seen communicating to others the light that is made plain to them, the way of salvation through Christ. May this year be your life lived out communicating to others by the way you speak, by the way you walk, by the way you act, by the identity that you find in Jesus. May others come to know the way of salvation through Christ. And may God himself the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is the one who calls you and he also will bring it to pass.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this message from Elevate Retake. Make sure to stay tuned for the Retake conversation dropping in your feed later this week. We hope that you have taken a hold of Jesus and realized that he has changed your heart. And now you're going to walk this year with him. You can find us on Instagram at Elevate Retake. And we'd love for you to leave us a voice message over on our anchor app and engage with our question on Spotify if that's where you listen as well. You can find the links to those things all in the description. My name is Kelvin, and I'll see you next time.